What is up, internets? Welcome to part two of my episode of Self-Defense Small Angles with Tammy Yard McCracken. In this episode, we dive way deeper into her hybrid model. We st I start to try and pull up the strings of it to find out what she means. And we have a very deep conversation walking out this relatively new model. So hopefully you get out of this listening experience as much as I got out of having this conversation. I really think Tammy is on to something here. And if you have any questions or comments, throw them on down below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And of course, if you want to bring me in for anything, randykinglive.com. Now let's get right to the episode. Uh, so <laughs> sorry. Show. I got so much stuff I want to ask. Yeah. So perspective. This is one of the things that drives me crazy about the social, social hybrid, antisocial conversation is it's done like bad writing where sometimes there's perspective is third person and sometimes the perspective is one person, right? Would there be a benefit to clean up the language on this where it's just from a perspective, right? It's from the victim's perspective or it's from the attacker's perspective, because this is where I... All I do lately, it's like I'm, I'm paid full time to have uh, TikTok battles, and this is where this is where the TikTok battles come in is definition and perspective, right? What is your definition of this term, which we're trying to work out here with hybrid, but also what is a perspective, right? So with the hybrid conversation, your perspective is switching back and forth, right? It's oh, if it's mm. on this person's side, it's a little hybrid, but to this person it seems asocial. So if we just pick one perspective, is there still a place for this hybrid talk? I think so. And and I think in, in, you know, you're, you said this beautifully, it's still, it's an evolving idea and, and, and taxonomy addition, you know, to, to the language base. Mm -hmm. And eventually maybe there's an even better label for it than hybrid. It's just that, that fits into the existing model that we're using and fills this massive gray zone that because you know it's like this is in the gray zone it's not the context of our conversation today but if but it at some point in time it must be the context mm -hmm. of our conversation and so because it has not been right it's not clean yet you know and and I think we could I think there's a possibility that we can it can get tidied up yeah. a bit you know and I I, I tend to look at like as the whole picture, the whole picture is hybrid. Right. And where where is the asocial? Where is the social? Those pieces might get moved around a little bit, but the whole picture is hybrid. Like we take a photograph, family photo, right? Yeah. I can have you and spouse and daughter in a line, or I can have spouse, daughter, you, or you know, like we can arrange it in a, a couple of different ways. But it, the picture fundamentally is the, the same data set right so and i think that's the the conversation that we're having is you're you're trying to puzzle this out but yeah. on a user end this is my question how functional is this because for classification it's important but one of my jokes I like to make is stats don't matter in real life right so if somebody's stabbing me with a backhand stab, like statistically that doesn't happen that doesn't fucking matter right so when we're in this this classification in a self-defense perspective does i don't think any of these classifications really matter this is like instructor talk where does the benefit for the person who's experiencing the violence where's the benefit of the hybrid for them what i am experiencing so far yeah. is that it is 
and generally it's it's post hoc, right? So it's we're we've got people who are kind of come to workshops and classes and already have a history and background in them, um, or they know somebody who has and they know the the dynamic fairly intimately. Is it's like, oh, now I have something to call it, right? And and because the way the human brain sorts reality, okay, mm-hmm. and each person's in reality is slightly different than the real reality, but the way our brains sort reality is through language right when we can late we label things and then those labels get attached to little spots in the brain that hold emotional data and experiential data and you know cognitive behavioral data movement data etc etc so if we have these little like i think of like the little push pins with the little labels on them that you put in you know like right and then we have these big chunks where there's no there's no push pin Right. There's no data. There's no label. And so for in my experience with women, it and this is a probably by and far a product of the social uh, whole social ecology that we live in as human beings mm-hmm. is that because there's been so much downgrading about like you know women's intuition, blah, 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 and not be, you know, right. So if I can't as a female. If I can't put a term to what I experienced, then the world has taught me it's less valid. Mm-hmm. And so now there's work. Yeah. Oh, now I can now I can touch it and put a label on it. I can put that pin in those little data points in my brain. And now I can start to make sense of things better. And that is what I am noticing with yeah. the use of the language. Is that and and it's 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 visceral for the women that I have these conversations with, they go from, what about, I don't know, to like, oh. Right. Well, and, and then people that. need to feel understood, right? Like that's one of the keys to building trust with the client when you're trying to help them. I remember when I first, I was definitely one of the first people in the self-defense space to talk about the overwhelm freeze, where you just freeze, your body doesn't move, you have no options. Uh, and I remember the uh, every time I taught that before it was common-ish in our circles, it's not super common yet, mm-hmm. um, I would get at least, and almost always women, oh my God, I experienced that during my sexual assault. Oh my God, I experienced, right? Having that word. The reason why I brought it up in that way, and I would like to remind the audience, I'm not picking on Tammy. I said before, this might be in part two. You're like, why is Randy just picking on his friend? Uh, I think this <laughs> is beneficial for a couple of things. One, I think it helps Tammy explain it better, right? The more I could pick on it. Uh, number two, this is a new end user show. So I am trying to really bring it down to a point where, because me and Tammy can have the most highfalutin conversation on this and it'll be great for us, but of no use to you as a listener. So <laughs> I think where the hybrid fits, if I may interject, oh, where I believe it fits. Yeah. It fits on that whole jam that I'm talking about, that proactive side of things. And having a label for hybrid is the counter gaslighting method of you didn't experience that, right? This is the counter to the person who has been human trafficked through the lover boy method. And they're like, that's not human trafficking. I watched take it. It's a white van. And you're like, no, 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 no. Here's the term that I use, which then gives it validity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and it, it builds trust, it builds credibility. It, it helps people are feel heard. They feel seen. And, and then 
uh, we could even, and of course, you know, now I'm extrapolating, um, yeah. but we could even posit the possibility that now, and and I, I'm not saying it is just like complete theory because I have some evidence of this, that now that I have a language, a pen I can put on it, now I can go back and I can sort mm-hmm. a past experience and I can go, that's why this happened the way it happened. And instead of, oh, I must have screwed it up or I must have done that, you know, the whole internalization of victim blaming, which is massive. And and to go, oh, okay, now it makes sense. And and we have a as human beings, we have a very difficult time moving through sorting an experience, integrating it so we can not have it be constantly controlling our lives. Very hard time doing that if we can't make a little bit of sense out of something. Right. And, you know, like if your house gets blown away from a hurricane, it's like, all right, hurricanes happen this way. The water's warm and the blah, blah, blah. And it's over it, right? It's what, like there's, it still sucks <laughs> and it's still traumatic. Yeah. But I, I know how these things happen now. Like, a, you know, like a bit, I can sort it. And if we can't sort it, it gets stuck. Right. Right. So I think there's a, also a um, a long-term, I don't want to use the word therapeutic because we're not doing therapy things right. here, right? But there's a long-term personal processing benefit mm-hmm. that I think comes from having a name for it. Right. This, and I, I can't agree more. Um, this is what I talk about mostly in the book and I call it physical first training. This is where physical first training falls apart, right? Where, okay, so when the person grabs you, right? That's physical first training, right? We just like how it's always been taught. I'm teaching the proactive side first, education first training. This will help prevent that physical side of things, but also it gives every instructor, this language allows you to be that person that stands on the shoulders of giants. If we don't have a, if if you didn't have this term, I couldn't have this conversation, which means I can't grow and build and have this lexicon that is going to help. Does that make sense? So- yeah. I think it's important because one, it can, it classifies, but doesn't classify in the way that most instructors want to be classified. And that's why I asked the question specifically, but in the moment, how does this help? It doesn't help in the moment. It helps prevent the moment. That's the point of this. This is proactive side of the house. This is not a physical first response. This is a, let's not get to that physical portion. 100%. Right. Awesome. Going back a little bit into the hybrid conversation, I want to talk about the intentional versus unintentional. And I I think you did this analogy, the werewolf analogy. I think it fits mm. really nicely here where the person's nice and normal all the time. And all of a sudden that, that, that event happens, that full moon, that lady's drunk, and then they become that werewolf, right? And I think it's really important for people to understand that while we're talking about this, as you said earlier, but I'm going to reiterate because the internet exists and I like sound bites. We're not excusing anybody's behavior we're not saying that because you turned into a werewolf you didn't kill somebody that's still a crime right there's just one was intentional and one was unintentional our legal system has hot and cold-blooded crimes right so in my understanding in this hybrid there is a place for the traditional yeah they're just doing social stuff because they know the goal but then there's this werewolf transformation from a certain stimulus that gets into that place understanding it's the same my same view on drug laws right like you can do drugs that shouldn't be legal, but if you commit a crime on that, then that's illegal. We already have laws for that. 
So same thing here. If you, if you're like, well, I just get heated. Well, you getting heated, you have to figure it out because you're still committing a crime after that happens. So with that, with that thought process, on the perspective of the victim, we'll say victim, the perspective of the person being attacked, um, this might come across entirely predatory, correct? A social, yes. but the buildup, the lead up is what we're trying to focus on here. Yes. Yes. So what would be some things that some red flags, just a couple of, you don't have to go into the whole program, obviously go take our course. But if you like, what are some of like the top red flags you think people should look for when this, uh, when it comes to this kind of violence, because the amount of people I've, I've talked to that have experienced horrific events, but they didn't fit the narrative of Hollywood. So they were uh, disclaimed, pushed back, shot down. What are some of the things like, what is actually, let me rephrase the question. What are some things you would love added to our language that integrate this kind of violence? Like, for example, we already have adrenaline mitigation built into our language. It's called, hey, go take a walk right? It's already a turn of phrase. Go burn off adrenaline. It's going to work. What are some things you wish that people might be better turns of phrase used to identify this kind of violence so it's not minimized? Like what are those red flags? Big question. Yeah, it's a huge question. The first thing that comes to mind is is an, an anecdotal situation. So they're building towards an acquaintance rape situation. And they're it, classic, you know, we go to a party together, or we agree to meet at the bar, right? So there's that whole little natural boy meets girl evolution. And then he's, and, and, and to again, categorize what we're saying here, we are talking largely male to female, mm -hmm. but it's not just that by any means, right? So I'm not like, boys are done throw rocks at them. This is not right. the conversation. It's just working with the statistics. So here we go. So he reaches a point in that process where it's like, all right, I'm ready to take this to the next level. And she sets a soft boundary because that's what most people do at this point, right? And because we're trying to figure out how we move, the, what is the dance here between us? How does this move forward? And she sets boundaries like, no, I'm not, not ready for that yet. And he pushes a little bit, let's say they're at a bar and she's like, I'm going to take a social break. So she's going to take the walk, right? Like I'm going to step away. And as she turns away, he reaches out and grabs a wrist and not like, you know, like we think about, wow, you know, that kind of like, okay, do the wrist release. You know, it's like, it's more subtle, right? It's just like, and it's an anchoring, I call it an anchoring grab. So it's just like designed to root you in place for a moment. And it's a, it's a message. It's nonverbal communication. You do not yet have my permission to do whatever it is you were going to do. Walk away, not kiss me, not, you know, like whatever you were going to do that I did not approve of. I'm letting you know, I don't approve and you don't have permission. So those kinds of anchoring points of contact and, and they, in those, you can feel those, like, they're like, this is different than like, oh, hey, you know, like drunk girlfriend, like, oh, hey, no, go stay, do this. What? It's, a very, <laughs> it's a very different grab, if you will, than an anchoring grab it says no. Right. Right. And so those are, those are the transition spaces right. when a, the natural dance of boundary management and the evolution of a relationship, whether it's 
you know, a, a, a social like work relationship and we, you know, we work on projects together all the time. And then, you know, that gets moved forward or uh, actual dating kind of thing or whatever it is. There's as the dance moves on, it reaches a point where the target is like, okay, boundary. And the other person is like, no. And it's, and it's, and, and that no isn't a no, you may not set that boundary. It's they shift and they start to corral. They attempt to corral in, or we use dogs who herd sheep, right? Then they start herding right. her in to know this is where you get to live. Yeah. And, and so those, those are, and there's, a, I'm sure just, uh, we could go into all kinds of behavioral cues that, that target into that. The easiest one to describe is that anchoring right. touch. And it's oftentimes it's to the wrist, but it can be other places as well. Like, so walks up behind she's chatting with somebody he walks up behind puts a hand on her shoulder there's an anchoring and that's different than we talk about how people mark each other as territory right you know like we're we're dating we walk down the street and you know um and and he sees a, another hot guy coming he reaches out and go yeah right she's mine right that's different than the than the anchoring touch which is like no right Right. So on the shoulder, there's an anchor to it and there's an anchor to it. Or, you know, there's a the grab around the waist, the tuck in around the waist is either like, hey, babe, or it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's a it's a a delimiting behavior. Right. I love that. So I'm going to throw a challenge out to all of my Gen Z listeners. Gen Z, I want a term for this. You have brought us such gems as cringe and mid what are they giving? So we use the word Stan in order to be like an obsessive fan from Eminem. What is a famous person in pop culture that experiences this? And we can create a term. This person's giving this because then we can start putting language to it. Gen Z, I'm putting this on you. What do you think about that, Tammy? Uh, excellent. Go for it. Bring, bring it on. Bring it on. Because <laughs> I think the what I'm really liking about the language and the narrative around the youth as the gray in my beard grows uh, is that they're, they're really bringing attention to these types of behaviors and they're creating mm-hmm. shorthands for it. And mm-hmm. language is powerful, but shorthand is so powerful. So if you can bring up some kind of thing in that, I think that would be amazing. I want to talk about yeah, two... Now- Oh, go ahead, sorry. All about the feedback. I, I'd love to hear other, you know, them, you guys come forward with some words here. That'd be great. That'd be great. I, I love like cringe is one I, I'm too old to say, but it's such a good definition of, and cringe might even work here. Like they're just giving that cringe. Like, oh, I don't like this person. I want to talk about a couple more things. And I'll let you go. We'll do Patreon, of course. But when we're looking at the hybrid model, there is, um, we have to talk about repeat victimization. We have to have a discussion where there are certain people that, have been victimized nine plus times mm-hmm. by different people. Yeah. Where does that fit into? It doesn't fit in the social. It doesn't fit in the predatory part. It, I think it fits best in this bucket. Maybe you haven't had this thought process or conversation. So I might be putting you on the spot, but wh- where does, where does this fit here? Because in my opinion, I'll give you time to think there is, it comes down to like what the person is looking for, what the hunter's hunting for, right? Mm-hmm. We had the discovery together of one of my favorite sayings. We watched the boys for the first time, which is every hunter hunts different, right? Every person is looking for a different thing. 
And there are hunters that are definitely looking for victims, that the people that have been through bad situations that give off certain energy, that give off certain cues. So does this fit in this chunk of the conversation? I think so. And um, I am, I'm noodling it as we talk. Right. Um, And I, I think so, because again, it's not, it falls into these gray areas that don't have, have clean parameters. And, you know, when we talk about, again, we use the social asocial as um, ways for people to assess behavior and decide what's happening here. So it's on that pre preventative preemptive side. And that in and of itself is going to begin to fail. And I'm struggling with words. I was going to say break down, but I don't think that's accurate because it doesn't break down and become no longer true. It fails as a construct for prevention categorization of behavior. Right. Trying to really work in this. Um, I know, and I agree. Like, I think this is where, like, this is why I think that per, for me, my aha moment recently, because writing the book has been my best things because I, I've cleaned up my language. Or there's like things I've been paying attention to. And what I noticed just in the editing process is I'm using first person, second person, third person, so interchangeably that it almost becomes a mess. And this is where, like, if I'm observing you, the social asocial really works because it's what you're giving me right now. But from their point of view, what am I giving off that makes me that maybe that type of person? And I think that falls into the hybrid category because we're talking about it in not only why the bad person is being bad, but why they chose you to be bad with, right? Yeah. And again, we're not judging anybody. There, there could be cues that come in here, right? You should be able to do what you want, but I really firmly believe like fight for the world you want, live in the world we have. So understand that there are things that happen that suck and shouldn't happen, but they just do. But there's been so many people that I've talked to when it comes to repeat victimization who, you know, and it's not even the same person. Like we have two options, right? There's repeat victimization, the same event. And then there's complex events. There's multiple people doing the same thing to these people. Um, And it goes into my three pillars of self-protection, which is uh, personal value, uh, healthy boundaries and community. Uh, It's that personal value side, right? Like if you don't believe you're worth anything, then people are not going to believe you're worth anything. You might potentially be selected. Go. So yes. And yeah, yeah. It's, so I'm thinking of a couple of very specific cases that I know very well. Right. Um, like I know the person really well and um, at a personal level as in they weren't sitting in my office. And and we've we've unpacked their experiences and, and uh, somebody in particular, um, we are actively unpacking again because we're noodling. She's involved with 500 and, and we're like, what? Okay, what do we do with this, right? So I think- the and is that it's not just am I worth taking care of and protecting and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about this one person who would say, yeah, no, 100%. Right. It's the power of the social programming right? in which men and women are raised up inside of that is are tapes that run in the background all the time by do this, don't do this. This is right. This is wrong. This is going to get you kicked out. This will get you included, blah, blah, blah. And we cannot escape them. It is not possible. We've all been marinating in them since the moment we were mm-hmm. born, maybe before 
with all the new information about how much baby in the belly is actually absorbing, possibly even before. So there, it's inescapable. It's part of our cognitive ecology. So I'm thinking about like, so I'm I'm worth defending conscious social programming. And this goes to that social dynamic. So now it's a cultural social influence, not just between you and I that we know right. each other, right? My society, my culture, my society has programmed to I know you. Yeah. And therefore the rules are different now. I'm not allowed to put your head through the window. I'm not allowed to. And and I want to. And but I'm also as and, and women um, and not just women, but people who are like, I'm, I'm supposed to be uh, like, who've trained to be of service to others, like right. your job or, you know, it's like women are socially programmed to be of service to others as well. So, but I'm supposed to be your help. I'm supposed to be your support. I'm mm. supposed to be your, like, maybe we're partners on the job and I'm yeah. supposed to be your backup. Well, I can't put your head through the window like that. How is that work? Sure. Right. So I think this is, when we talk about the individuals who've been targeted multiple times by different people, mm-hmm. and like you, I know many, many individuals like that. Yes, there's patterns of behavior that make them somebody who's looking for that particular target zone is going to go, oh, I see you. And that's not the fault of the targeted person mm-hmm. like that. Right. So there's no it's so risky to say because people go, oh, it's victim blaming. No, it's not. Like we're talking about the hunter's behavior here. Yes. Yeah. That's that's we're talking about the hunter's behavior. And hunters get good. They learn how to read the land, right? It's like, are there rabbits here? You know, well, yes, because all the little grass is short or all the, you know, I see rabbit droppings. Good. We can hunt rabbits. So that's just what humans do too, right? So sorry, I digress. No, that's it's, it's, that actually leads me perfectly into the last question I want to do on the free portion of the show, which is hybrid essence of squishy. You've said it before. And I think that there's a deeper lesson in that to me, and maybe I'm way off base here, which is because it's squishy, because it considers more than just physical response. It considers more than just personal value. It has to consider social programming. It has to consider all these things. Do you feel that that is why the violence is so prevalent here? Because it is so squishy that we can't give you four simple rules to avoid it? Is that why the numbers are so high? And is that why people can squish around? Going all the way back to the beginning, the Me Too movement did a great job of changing predator behavior. That's what it did, right? It was, okay, we can't do it this way anymore. Those humans got caught. Now we have to flip the script and do it different. We need to change it. So while it was a great cleaning of the house, it also was an ultimate evolution of predators that want to prey on people. So because the definitions are squishy, the violence is easier to explain away. The options are Mm -hmm. easier to move. There's a whole bunch of factors. So that's the number one part of the question. And the second part is, do you think if we can dial this in more, and I'm bringing myself on the team, if we can dial this in more, do you think that will directly affect the numbers? I would like to think so. Right. Um, so in answer to the first question, yes. You know, it's it's squishy for all kinds of reasons, but I think it also because it's squishy, I think there's a more there's more prevalence here. Right. And there's more prevalence because it's, you know, it's we see some reduction in crime stats, things like that, when we start getting very clear about what we will prosecute. 
right. and what the parameters are, right? So if you do this, this, and this, that behavior is now against the law. Right. Okay. So I'm either going to get better at getting away with it, yep. <laughs> right? Or I'm going to not do it anymore, right? Because you just told me like, you know, I don't want to go to jail. So, okay. So I think because we don't have that, it's not like this, this, and this, this is wrong. This, this, and this, this is not okay. These things mean toxic relationship, blah, 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 right? And, and it's clean and socially st- like bookmarked, like, yes, this is, this is what it is. There's just, you know, we can play around, you know, and, and, and it's easier to, from a, a standpoint of, from an authority standpoint, it's easier to dismiss because it's tougher to investigate. It right. is easier to talk, like, this is a topic for another day to dismiss because we don't know how to talk about it. Right. right? And and so, and this is, you know, speaking back to things that we we've, have become very common to say within the self-defense personal protection world is we can't solve the things we don't talk about. We're not talking about this. So this is the starting point. Right. I agree. Awesome. Tammy, that's great for the free show. I think we covered a lot of information. I'm definitely breaking this up into two parts. If you get the chance, take Tammy's course. All <laughs> I've been doing is the book people. I have, I've not been on social media. I'm not mad at you. I'm just super focused on like writing a book is hard and Everybody's like, but you've already written a book. I didn't care about the business book. That was like, just get it out so people can have it. I give a crap about this one. So I'm at the stage now where I'm like, all right, I'm done learning. I'm done researching. It is what it is. If something new comes out, that's too bad. So look for the timeline of self-protection, ideally September. It'll be on Amazon. We're self-publishing it. Tammy, why don't you tell the listeners where they get a hold of you, how they get involved, et cetera, et cetera. You can get a hold of me via the 500 Rising website. Um, There's a little like, Give us your email. We'll give you a little free ebook thing. We do not inundate people with emails. We work very hard not to do that. You'll get updates about the organization and announcements about courses, social media. We have the 500 Rising Just Business Facebook page. We also have a 500 Rising community group. Um, and that you have to be opted into like, like, Hey, I want to join. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to join that and you just go, yes, I want to join. And you don't answer the questions that go with it, that gate it. You, we won't just opt you in. Even if I know you, it's not going to happen. So the reason for that is that that's the place where we're going to have kick around ideas and concepts. And like, it just posted something in there from a, a case that happened next county over from where I live. Um, this young woman, early 20s, is got arrested and her dad's the sheriff. And so he's like, look, I don't care who you are, blah, blah, blah. But it's, we got into the violence and the dynamic of what took place. So we had this whole conversation that happens in there. So opt into that group. We are 500 Rising is on Instagram. That's where we're trying to, it's a bit inconsistent, I will warn you, but we are working on, put. that's where I want more, like little educational pieces of a sound bites of information and a couple of, you know, like just encouraging things and, and a few like, you know, finger wags at instructors in the self-defense community. Like, come on guys, you know, it's like, we all want to do a better job. So don't do these things, do these things, that kind of stuff. I know I'm supposed to be on TikTok. Just shoot me now. <laughs> My, I had an intern last summer who 
was good enough to put it together for me and put a bunch of stuff on there for me. And then the intern moved on and <laughs> that's it. So you can go on TikTok and find us, but there's not much on there. And I don't know if that's ever going to change, just being honest. So what we have going on um, right now, the stuff that we have going on for the rest of this year is kind of development stuff where there's a huge charity golf event, um, meaning there are a lot of donors and sponsors too. There's still you know, open for golfers in Northern Virginia on September 11th, uh, 500 Rising is one, we're 501c3. So in the US, that means we're a nonprofit charitable organization. So we're one of the beneficiaries of the event. We have a tech grant that we're kind of working with um, to clean up all of our platforms. We are, one of our goals is for the people who do decide to train at the instructor level with us, we, and credential, we have resource libraries that we're building and those have lived on less than functional platforms. So that's getting shifted and developed and changed by this crew from West Virginia University's um, data-driven technology campus. They're part of this whole grant. It's been really fun working with the college kids. Um, so we got some cool stuff going on. The there will There's a level two course in the UK in about two weeks. Right now, we don't have any more level one courses scheduled for 2023. That's kind of on purpose. We need to catch up. We have, you know, curriculum we want to develop and write. There's a book in the background that's not coming out in September. Um, we're nowhere near that level. But um, so we want to we want to get things up to speed and updated. We are targeting things for 2024, possibly two level ones back over in the UK and in March, um, when in England, maybe one up in Scotland. And then, so if you're interested in level one, I've got a crew outside of Dallas. I've got a crew in another place in Minnesota who wants to do a level one. Um, all it takes to have a level one happen in your neck of the woods is for you to go, I want to, I want to host it. And we have to have eight people and below eight. It just, it, just really doesn't work well um, from a, the way the curriculum is designed. So reach out, let me know. Hey, I'd like to schedule one because now we're scheduling for 2024 for the level one and level two courses. And then the it's not on the website yet, but you can certainly reach out and private message or whatever, shoot me an email. We have places that are doing fairly consistently doing some 500 rising based end user like workshops. Um, St. Cloud, Minnesota, Ramsey County, Minnesota, um, or just St. Cloud particularly, they're just killing it. They've got stuff going on all the time. They're in the university now. So um, we have a like an athletic PE credit course there that's based on the 500 Rising material at St. Cloud University. And I've got somebody in the Carolinas. Um, so we've got place, uh, and then over in the UK, like crazy. So we're trying to forward those workshops um, and get that information out to people, so. Cool. So to sum up the promo train there, it was a long one. Uh, Sorry. If you, want, if you want a 500 rising, ask for one, eight people you need look for 500 rising on any social media platform, but don't bother with TikTok, right? Yeah. Awesome. All right, Tammy, we're going to jump over to Patreon and continue this conversation. Thank you so much listeners. Uh, really appreciate it. Like share, subscribe, uh, all the internet buttons, even dislike. I don't care. Just hit a button. It helps so much. And <laughs> ideally, does. Ideally, you'll have another podcast 
the next couple of weeks. I'm looking right now at trying to find a cosplayer and talking about the things that happen in the cosplay community, i.e. stalking, i.e. requesting OnlyFans and internet harassment and stuff. I just haven't found the right cosplayer yet to have the conversation with. So that looks like the next one we're going to have. And don't forget, this is episode 11. There's or episode 11 and probably 12. Um, there's a bunch of other episodes, 30 minutes of pop. Go check them out. Self-defense from all angles, trying to change the conversation around self-defense. Join us on patreon.com slash randykingman.